Hello, and welcome to Rewire. Whether you're a baby boomer or a baby zoomer, a millennial or an elder ally, enjoying retirement or planning ahead, this podcast provides you with the information and inspiration to help you live your best life. And now, here's our host, Duchess Dale. Welcome. This is Season 2, Episode 1, July 5th, Free and Easy, and you are listening to Rewire. Because we're all getting older, and whether you're a baby boomer or a baby zoomer, you want to tune in for more information on how to rewire your life. And many of you are still celebrating the July 4th holiday this week, yet here at Rewire, we're celebrating a sort of happy new year, (laughs) matching the government's fiscal new year because our sponsor, the Aging and Long-Term Services Department of New Mexico, has said yes to rewiring our podcast for season two. So we have a whole year ahead of us together. Please insert your own silent fireworks here so that pets and vets are not triggered by those sounds. And as you get to know me, you'll learn that I strive to spell and pronounce things correctly. So this week I need to apologize to a reform temple in Westchester, New York, because I called them Temple Benai, and that is not correct. A listener in California, thank you, Carol, taught me that it is Temple Benai. B with that little hyphen thing, N-A-I, is pronounced Benai. And since we are celebrating our independence from Britain way back in 1776, and with pronunciations, I thought it might be fun to look at some of the difference between British vocabulary and slang and our own. So I turned to dictionary.com for some inspiration. Now, the well-known example is that British English uses the word football to refer to the sport that we Americans know as soccer. And I got used to that while becoming a fan of Ted Lasso. And for the sport that Americans know as football, Brits simply use the term American football. (laughs) We all know the difference between French fries and chips. Same thing, different word. Garbage here, and it is called rubbish in Britain. And it is a cookie here, and it's called a biscuit in Britain. I wonder if they name the character from Sesame Street differently because of that. Hmm. Well, there are some slang words. In America, we say, dude. (laughs) And in Britain, they say, look. And here we shoot the breeze and there they chin wag. Or perhaps you're wasting time by lollygagging. But in Britain, you faff about. F-A-F-F. I love that word. Faff. And then there's one that we all are familiar with. I grew up calling the toilet the John, going to the John, whereas in Britain, it's the loo. And when I was younger, I used to wonder if that little sing-song phrase, toodaloo, toodaloo, meant goodbye, see you later, I have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Films and TV have introduced us to different pronunciation as well. Here it's missile, and there it's missile. And thanks to, to Joan Collins and a very popular TV series a while ago, it is dynasty instead of dynasty. And I know you've heard people say, my secretary will schedule you. <laughs> and then there was a strange one that I had to learn, which was lieutenant. 
which means lieutenant here, lieutenant. And there are differentiations in spelling, you know, using the O-U-R in the word color or flavor, and, and we just use O-R. And then there are other pronunciations that take place because British accents are non-rhotic and we are rhotic. That's another word you can look up all on your own. But just be aware of the fact that whether you're on one side of the ocean or the other, that there are different dialects and pronunciations, whether you are a UK citizen and you pronounce something differently and or you're an American citizen and pronounce something differently here. I just ask anybody, how do you pronounce New Orleans or New Orleans? We have our own dialects in different regions. So I'm gonna close out this little segment with a quote from someone who is very well known here in New Mexico, Georgia O'Keeffe. And the artist wrote, one cannot be an American by going about saying that one is an American. It is necessary to feel America, like America, love America, and then work. Today's guest is Corey Royball, and he is the regional manager for the Adult Protective Services Department that works with Aging and Long-Term Services. June was Elder Abuse Awareness Month. Corey agreed to come on the podcast and tell us a little bit about what you do. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Like you said, month of June, Elder Abuse Awareness Month. I work with Aging and Long-Term Services, Adult Protective Services team. The agency I specifically work for is APS, where we conduct investigations of abuse, neglect, and exploitation for individuals any, but any age of 18 or older. And we do work with their families and the client specifically. We try to address safety and any other additional health concerns. On top of that, we are an agency that is primarily focused on helping that elderly community. So we do try to bring education. We do try to bring supports, resources, and provide any support and guidance that they may need. One of the biggest things is in the state of New Mexico, we do have a healthy population of elderly. So we do try to focus our efforts on trying to help them in any aspect that they may need with the understanding that we are primarily an investigative agency. But we do try to uh, focus on our investigations of abuse, neglect, and exploitation. We try to inform, educate, and empower our clients and the family and friends around them. We understand that not everybody is fully trained to support their loved ones. So we definitely try to provide some of that education and training also. And then also, I think one of the big things that we do is just bring awareness to abuse, neglect, and exploitation. Because I think a lot of times you run into families and friends and individuals who don't understand what they're doing or the behavior they're exhibiting on their loved one is in fact abuse neglectful. They think because of their access and that's mom, that's dad, that's my grandparents. I've had that relationship with them so long. That's just kind of how we've always interacted. That's a whole angle I hadn't thought of. I guess in my naive state or the subject of all the TV and movie stuff that you see, when I think of elder abuse, I think of it in terms of a, a, a planned action that is violent yeah. or it never occurred to me that as you said, family members and friends could be continuing a relationship they've had in a behavior that is now considered abusive because that person is elderly. Did I understand that correctly? Absolutely. I, I think a lot of times people think of abuse as this 
physical violent attack Mm -hmm. or neglect as being abandonment. I do think abuse and neglect, they fall into that category, but I think there's other types. And I think that's something that we try to strive to is educating the community and educating our clients, both the alleged victim and the alleged perpetrator. There are severe cases where we do have to proceed forward with removing uh, a family member or encouraging different family members to step in. We do have programs in place to protect those clients who are in severe danger or what we like to say imminent risk to ensure that they're safe. I think one of the biggest things that we encounter is just that awareness and understanding that abuse can mean many things. It could be the violent idea that comes to mind when we, we hear abuse to so just the simple, you know, physically lifting your loved one, maybe too strongly or too hard or inappropriately ah, that results in small injuries. We deal with clients all the time who have to transfer from a wheelchair to their bed. And it's, it's a taxing task, but you got to do that with love and care and, and some sort of understanding of their physical well-being. And, you know, we deal with clients who maybe they pick them up too fast or they bang their legs against the wheelchair when they're lifting them or or things like that, that could potentially cause injury that mm-hmm. would be then for classified as possible. So from that aspect, uh, rather than something that, as you say, premeditated or violent, yeah. like to abuse, but for a family member or a caregiver, do you offer classes or training? How would one know how to do some of these basic yeah. activities to keep it healthy and compassionate? We don't specifically offer any classes or trainings, but we try to at least educate them and make them aware of what's going on is is incorrect. Now, we do work with hospice agencies and other nursing agencies. We also have home care programs within our agency, at which point we try to collaborate with them. If the family member is just innocently making the mistake, just not knowing what they're doing is incorrect, you know, we try to bring that to light. We will then provide them resources, give them um, guidance to who they can reach out to. If they have a program already in place, we'll try to work with the home care provider or anybody that's in there that maybe can help them. I think one of the biggest things is just bringing it to their attention. We don't, I don't think anybody intends to do things incorrectly or harmful to their loved one. It right. just, you know, you, you don't know what you're doing is potentially harmful at times. It can happen. Now, that's not to say that we deal we deal with a lot of individuals who do know uh, what they're doing is is bad and what they are doing is harmful to their loved one um, and puts their loved one at, at risk for safety and health concerns and things like that. But, you know, at that point, we address it to them as well. Uh, we just approach it differently with our education mindset. And also, too, with that, we try to also provide some intervention and prevention. Oh, I like so, that. Intervention and prevention. That's a great yeah. little short motto that I think helps to understand, at least from kind of a layman's point of view, about elder abuse awareness, intervention prevention. So is there a a phone number or website that a listener or, you know, or maybe somebody who is an elderly person getting care can contact? Anytime. New Mexico is a mandated reporting state. So any professional or individual who knowingly knows that someone is potentially at risk or experiencing abuse and ne- neglect or exploitation, they can reach out to Adult Protective Services in two ways. The first way is going to be our toll-free 1-866, our 
654-3219 hotline. That's our intake line. They can call in, ask questions, get confirmation, even get clarification, and then also make a report. If if they're not wanting to reach out to our call center, they are welcome to visit our online website at newmexicoaging.nm.gov. Uh, once they are on our website, they will have different access. They'll have information. They'll have different resources listed on that website. But also on there, they can also make a report to our program to get us involved if they have those concerns. If they're just looking for resources specific, there's not concerns of abuse, neglect, or exploitation, but they're just looking at, I'm trying to help my elderly loved one um, with some resources or just have some questions on how I can get them some help. Mm -hmm. We do have our Aging and Disability Resource Center, which they can call, which is 1-800-432-2080. Aging Disability Resource Center. Okay, got you. Yes. And is it possible to... Are these reports anonymous? I mean, calling to get resource information, of course, but let's say if you're witnessing some abuse, can a a person anonymously report something? 100%, yes. So uh, although we we encourage them to give us the information because we do want to communicate with them if we have questions or can't locate a client, however they are, uh, and they're more than welcome to request that, they can remain anonymous. One thing I will say about all reporters is the uh, Adult Protective Services does not release the reporter's information. So mm-hmm. even if they don't remain anonymous and they still want to say, hey, we want to help your investigative team, but I don't want the client or the alleged perpetrator to know that I'm on the report, we do not show that information. Even if it's requested, we do not share that information. That's, um, I think, really We important. always keep that confidential. We want to ensure that our reporters feel safe. And just as important as the alleged victim, right? You never know what case you're going into. So we want to make sure we're protecting all reporters as well. We want any retaliation or any violence to be uh, brought upon them. Oh, I think that's really important because I think that some people would be really reticent to report something that they see, thinking that there could be retaliation either from the 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 person themselves or perhaps the facility. So yeah. I, I think that's really helpful to know that. Yeah. And and one thing you brought up, too, is with the facility, and I didn't mention this earlier, but Aging and Long-Term Services does have an ombudsman program. And that ombudsman program does work with our facilities. And they definitely look out for the clients who are under the care of those facilities and those nursing-type programs. So, I think that's great. Wonderful. <laughs> Title. It's, I think it's good for our listeners to know that basically what it means is it's an advocacy program. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, and I will leave that to Carmen because Carmen is wonderful and you're going to get a ton of information from Carmen. <laughs> uh, I think I think, I, I think that advocacy goes a long way and I think that's something that we pride ourselves with in Aging Long-Term Services, how to, can we continue to advocate for the population that we serve, whether it's in the client's home specifically or something like Elderly Abuse Awareness Month and Awareness Day and, and bringing just that awareness to the community that these problems do exist and may, we may need help and maybe the community can step up and step in and support us. I think it is important. And for those of us who are on the aging path, <laughs> I mean, we're <laughs> we all, we're all we are. Are. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Some of us, it looks a little closer, yeah. though this is important, but it also, I feel is important because we have, family members, friends, or neighbors 
who may need that kind of support or awareness, I'm seeing it in a softer light of how it is so supportive and necessary to the older population. Absolutely. I think it's it's a huge opportunity for us to remind the community to recognize that there's potential need for help for our, our need and support for our elderly loved ones and friends and family because everybody that's in our community is part of us, right? We we are all New Mexicans. We are all one great group of individuals who we should be making this a topic of discussion so we can support one another. Um, I agree. And uh, that's why I think this is important. And how does your department in addition to this podcast, how does your department get this information out to the citizens of New Mexico or outside of New Mexico who have loved ones who live here? Yeah, so we are constantly trying to drive ourselves into outreach. You know, our team, our our investigative team and our supervisor team and our leadership are, are going out into the community, doing presentations, doing outreaches throughout the year. Uh, we are constantly trying to communicate. And then most importantly, we we work with the clients and, and the surrounding community with that each and every client. So every time we educate one person, we hope that they pass that information on to the next mm-hmm. person so that it's a continuous process. And and our network of information is just continuing to, to spread like a seed from one family to the next family to the next. But we do have professional presentations where our staff do presentations at community centers, senior centers. Uh, with facility staff, with uh, um, nursing and medical programs. Um, we do have different programs that have already taken place, but then that are coming up as well. We have health fairs across the state that are occurring at senior centers. We have walks and outreach programs that are occurring throughout this, the state of New Mexico at different senior centers. We do have programs occurring throughout the state too. We also try to have a little bit of fun too. It's not always about serious, scary, and, and and hard topics of discussion, we try to bring it into light as a positive thing as well. The community come together and just, you know, collaborate and chit chat and, you know, see that, hey, we're here, you're here, but it's not always a scary thing. We're people too, and we want to be around you and help you. And we welcome you to reach out to us and have this conversation. I love knowing that and bringing openness yeah. to it because it is a, a delicate and sometimes difficult topic. And and one thing we try to do is just promote ourselves, promote our agencies, promote the different programs that are around just to kind of say, we're here to help you. Oh, it sounds like it. I have to say that I've been doing the podcast now just for about three months. And uh-huh. the more I learn about the department for which we serve, the Aging Long-Term Services Department, I am so impressed with what the, that department does and the state of New Mexico, how it supports the, the, the residents. Yeah. And my goal is to get it, as you say, to inform people and to get the word out yeah. so that more people can take advantage of the services and resources that are already available to them. I think one of the biggest things is just, just know that we're here to help and, and you're not alone in this process, I think. Victimization is a very scary topic from the victim's perspective and the family's perspective. That could be hard conversations, but to know that agencies like Adult Protective Services and the many under the ALTSD program, we're here to help. And I think that's one wonderful thing to do is when we have these podcasts and outreaches, we're making people aware that you're not alone. I love that. 
it's important because none of us should feel alone, no matter what our age. So I think that particularly as one gets older, that's really invaluable. Before we wrap it up, is there anything that you would like to share with the listeners? Something about your favorite part of the job or what you want us to take away from today? I would just like to share that we are a constant growing agency and we're being very adaptive. We understand that the population of the community is growing and changing. And, you know, we, we welcome anybody who wants to reach out and get support. We're open. We're an open door agency and, and we never turn our, our back on anybody. If we can help them, we definitely want to help them. Don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to reach out. Well said. And I thank you so much for your time today, as well as the really important work that you and your team do for the residents of New Mexico on that aging path. (laughs) I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us on our inaugural episode, season two. And thank you, Coy Royball, who is the regional manager for the Department of Elder Abuse here in the state of New Mexico. On Friday, July 7th, it is Global Forgiveness Day. I think I'm going to use that as a reminder to forgive things globally, nationally, locally, and even personally. And with that, I'll close with a quote from Victor E. Frankel. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom, end quote. And you are free to join me next week on Rewire. Our show is sponsored by the Aging and Long-Term Services Department of New Mexico. You can contact that department by calling 1-800-432-2080 or online at www.aging.nm.gov. Our original music is written by New Mexico's own Lydia Clark. Join us next week on your favorite streaming platform. Till then, remember to reconnect, recommit, and rewire. We've got information and inspiration.